Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We on go time. We, we still on go. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Hello and welcome to the annual Superfan Super Mock Draft. Hey, who is this guy speaking? Yeah. What, what is it? Longtime caller, first time listener? Long time, first time. <laughs> Long time, first time. It's Pod Vader. It's your old friend, Pod Vader. As uh, someone told me, it's like Richie Cunningham coming back for his wedding on Happy Days. I'm back to host. The super fan, super mock draft. Super excited to be here. Now, this will not be like mock drafts of old. We are not going pick by pick with each of the super fans. Uh, and there's a number of different reasons. But before I get into all of that, let me introduce who's helping me out here today. And that is our Buffalo Bills super fan, Rob. Rob, how's it been? It's been good, man. It's been good. I don't know if you've been reading the papers, uh, but the Buffalo Bills own the AFC East. Uh, something new yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Get used to it. It's going to last a while. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're doing good here. Uh, we're in win now mode and uh, go Bills. So Rob is going to help me go through all of these picks. Now, one of the reasons we're not going pick by pick is, one, we only have about 16 actual super fans remaining. You know, it's funny. Someone steps away and everything goes kablooey, Rob. What a surprise. Plus, I've heard about this shadowy figure in the background. I really hope I don't meet this person. Because they sound like a total jerk. Yeah, you should be on the Slack channel. Big jerk. The shadowy figure is not a nice person. Uh, and uh, thirdly, I just want to commend the new Patriot superfan, uh, Patrick Verchance. He is hilarious. He's the best by far. I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations with Pat, right? Yeah, he has uh, irrational confidence in the Patriots, um, mm. so uh, it should be Patrick. No chance, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, for a Scotsman living in Halifax, Nova Scotia, you got to wonder what's going on through the mind of his. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal about the Superfan Super Mock Draft. If you've never listened to one of these before, uh, well, it, it was the first that's been copied by many uh, since. We gave the super fans an opportunity to be the GM of their team. So they were picking and trading their picks, not because they think their team will do that, but because that's what they thought was best for their team. Uh, that was always what this particular process was to be. Uh, but Rob, as we found out, uh, when you don't have a super fan representing the Jacksonville Jaguars, things can get messy right off the bat. Yeah, these um, some of these picks are um, I feel like have uh, bad intentions in mind, and I'm sure we're going to get through some of these and talk about that, uh, hoping that guys fall to this certain team. Uh, so I don't think uh, the best intentions were taken, but still a fun process regardless. Yeah, not only have I not been around and I've only been listening uh, to the podcast like everybody else on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Uh, wherever great podcasts are heard. 
I did not participate as the commissioner of the super fan super mock draft. And that really messed things up this time around too. So we have two mock drafts that we're going to be referring to. uh, And maybe we'll post these on our Facebook page. If you guys even remember what a Facebook page is these days. Uh, And um, the reason why we have two is because the Eagles and the saints decided to make a trade uh, during the course of first round, first mock part one uh and i guarantee by the time even this goes to air rob i mean there are still so many things up in the air debo samuel apparently wants a trade uh kyler murray is still unhappy with the cardinals uh baker mayfield is still with the browns uh which is shocking and alarming to me uh, jimmy garoppolo is still with the 49ers uh which is still shocking and amazing to me uh on top of that I didn't do my, you know, all free agent team this year either, but just looking at the available free agents that are still there, there is room for expansion in the NFL right now, my friend. Like, I don't think anybody wants to actually say it out loud, but there are enough good players that you could have one, definitely one really good team and maybe even two teams could be added to the league. Yeah, there's still, uh, you know, this is a time of year where you get to, uh, almost have those secret handshake deals because uh, the end of the uh, compensatory formula uh, is coming up here, uh, I believe, in a week or two. Once you get past that, you're going to see a couple more uh, signings um, that have been kind of agreed to for a week or so, but they don't make them official until uh, they the signings no longer count to the uh, compensatory pick formula. So, yeah, a lot of guys about to sign, but right now there are still quite a few decent players still available. All right, so let's jump into the super fan super mock draft. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And with pick number one, uh, Rob, the Jacksonville Jaguars will select Sauce Gardner, cornerback Cincinnati. (laughs) Now, I know uh, Gardner has been on record as saying he is the number one player he is the best player in this particular draft and frankly there might be an argument to be made for that but there is no way in the world the jacksonville jaguars are selecting sauce gardner number one overall in this draft no 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 i think you know very obviously uh some of the strength of this draft especially at the top of the board is going to be in the trenches where teams tend to build more towards from the start. So you got your defensive ends and you have your offensive tackles. Jaguars are clearly going to go in one of those two positions. Uh, you know, Sauce Gardner here, I think is, you know, 
it's fun. It's fun to talk about, but I mean, it's, it's not real life. So the real argument comes down to who you believe is the best edge rusher. Is it Kayvon Thibodeau? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? In our first, first mock draft, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was the choice, the defensive end from Oregon. That is more likely. Although, uh, is it Kayvon Thibodeau? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? Who, who's the guy, Rob? So it depends kind of what you're going after. Um, first off, before we talk about these guys, neither of these guys, none of these defensive ends that are in this top tier, it's not a Miles Garrett. It's not a Chase Young. You're not going to be getting that with one of these guys. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson probably has the highest floor. Uh, you're looking to build a new culture in Jacksonville. That would be probably the guy I would go after. Um, a lot of people kind of crap on uh, Kayvon Thibodeau because he has outside interests. He has more of like a 30-year plan for life. He's one of those cryptocurrencies guys. Uh, so people say he's not committed, uh, but you watch him on tape. I think he's got super high upside. You know, when I watch him, I think of, uh, you remember uh, uh, Javon Kirst, the freak uh, oh, yeah. back in the day? That's what, yep. I, that's what I think of when I watch him. So Ooh. if you're swinging for the fences, I'd go Thibodeau. If you're looking to maybe play it safe, make sure your number one pick hits, I would go Hutchinson. All right. Well, I mean, that to me, I mean, if I've got a chance to get Javon curse, I'm, I'm drafting Javon curse. Uh, so yeah, go for it. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars have a lot of needs here for sure. Um, but I think it's been pretty well documented by most people out there that edge rusher is where they're going to go. And I don't think that's anything for us to really question or to change. Uh, the second pick in the super fan, super mock draft uh, is a defensive end from Michigan. It's Aiden Hutchinson going to the Detroit lions. Uh, is this wishful thinking or who, who is basically accepted to be the number one pick coming up? Cause I don't think there is a number one guy, right? No, a lot of parody in this draft um, could be, I mean, could be either one of the top two tackles, although I think it's a little unlikely because they franchise Cam Robinson. Um, it's probably one of the two tight end, or probably one of the two or three defensive ends. I think Aiden Hutchinson is most likely to go first. Could be Thibodeau. Outside chances, Trayvon Walker. Uh, but I think that's really just kind of the short list right there. All right. The third pick in the super fan super mock draft is defensive end from Georgia, Trayvon Walker, Houston Texans. What do you think of Trayvon here? I mean, another high upside guy. Um, Greg Cosell, who, you know, is, is a worthy mind has Trayvon Walker as defensive end number one. So it's worth saying something. Uh, me personally, I have him as my number three. I like the other two just a little bit better. I like Hutchinson better, higher floor. And, uh, you know, Thibodeau, if you're going to bet on traits, you know, let's go with him and uh, let's see what happens and see if he can't make magic happen. Uh, at the number four selection in the super fan, super mock draft, the New York Jets will uh, get Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the defensive end from Oregon. Uh, I don't foresee this happening like this this scenario is not working out here for the jets no i'd be surprised if this happened one um i think it's very possible that the top that the three defensive ends are the first three picks um 
I think uh, the Jets will be in a situation where they're thinking about either Aquanu, Neal, or Sauce Gardner uh, with that fourth pick. Uh, but I mean, you get Thibodeau here at the four spot. I think it's a Brett, you know, you're, you're betting on traits as they say, and you know, he's a fun one and, you know, could maybe fit that, uh, could fit that defense. Uh, the coach there, Soleil is, you know, second year, just starting to really build that defense. So, you know, adding a stuff like that, great for them. I just don't think that's how it's going to play out. Uh, they also will have a pick again in six selections from here. Uh, now, in our first mock draft, the Jets ended up selecting Kyle Hamilton, uh, safety from Notre Dame. I think that might be a little too high. Uh, I think the Jets will be able to get him at number 10, for instance. Most people have some form of the Jets getting a defensive back, probably Sauce Gardner here. There's a lot of a lot of buzz for Sauce at this particular point. And then a wide receiver at 10 for the Jets. Yeah, I, to the point of Kyle Hamilton, I think he's he's uber talented, um, but it's just, you know, positional value. He's a safety. So I don't think he goes four, although I think he's, you know, might be at his position, the top talent in the draft. Uh, also, he ran slow uh, at the combine. He ran a four six, uh, which will not help his cause. Uh, you know, you look at a couple of years ago, uh, Derwin James, who's his most likely comp, ended up going 17th. Uh, when he was drafted. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, I think it was a little too early for him. I agree with you. I think Sauce Gardner, uh, kind of the ideal spot for four, um, if it was my personal mock draft. Uh, but they could go uh, Kwano, They could go Ivan Neal as well. I mean, there's a lot of talk that the Jets could be the forerunner here for Debo Samuel. So wide receiver becomes less of a need for the Jets, but the Jets, I mean, the Jets, are the I, I, I keep calling them the Jets. I think I was the one that implemented, they must be referred to as the Jest from here on out until they get to the playoffs. I mean, th- this team is terrible. This, as, as much as your team might be owning the AFC East, arguably, uh, the Jets, there is no argument. The Jets are the basement, not only of the AFC East, they're the basement of the league. Uh, to a certain degree, yeah, but I'm, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to Coach Soleil. He's, he, he inherited nothing. There was nothing there. So it's going to take a couple of years for this Jets rebuild. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're definitely the basement of the AFC East, uh, maybe basement of the conference. But I want to see what they do. You know, give them two, three years to pick up guys that got – they got money to spend for next year as well. So I just kind of want to see how this plays out with them. But yeah, I mean, at this point, they need to be just, uh, you know, thinking, you know, get good players. I mean, they didn't acquire anything in the offseason either, though. Uh, I mean, Lake and Tomlinson on the offensive line. I think their offensive line is like kind of, especially they add to it. It's kind of sneaky good. They do need weapons for the quarterback. Uh, which is why you see them attached. You saw them attached to Ty Hill. You saw them, uh, you see them attached to Debo Samuel as soon as it comes out. You know, they need to get their quarterback some weapons. They, you know, have a quarterback who, to a certain degree, is kind of a, you know, play mold. Uh, so get them some weapons and let's see what happens. Well, they need to do some work on the defensive side of the ball, too. I mean, Agreed. they're the jest. They got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Uh, this is something that I didn't realize. Greg Zerline ended up in New York. Interesting. 
Greg the Leg. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rob, before we start with pick number five in the Superfan Supermock draft, we are uh, graced by his presence. The uh, ever smug Nick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hello, Nick. Hello, it is I, the great and powerful wizard of Kansas. Uh, with that voice, no one's going to argue with you on that. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Mm. Uh, well, we're glad that you were able to join us, even if it was a little late. Uh, you got to stick around for a little bit? Yeah, for a little bit. We can talk about some Chiefs picks a little bit later, but, uh, but definitely um, you know, ch- chat about some of this uh, early round action as well. All right. Well, pick number five is the New York Giants. Uh, Crazy Jared uh, ended up selecting Ikem Ikwanu, the offensive tackle, North Carolina State. Now, I do believe he has a write-up, doesn't he, gentlemen? He does. Mm. If only someone was more prepared to do a podcast and could have jumped right to it. Oh, there it is. Um. Mach 1.0, I picked Ikem Ikwanu, the best right tackle in the draft, and Sauce Gardner, safest bet at cornerback after a trade back. He did? Oh, Mach 1, not Mach 2. This is weird. Uh, I'm so lost with what Crazy Jared has written, but basically, uh, right tackle, that is definitely a need for the Giants. The Giants need an offensive line, uh, but is this the best pick they could have made here, Rob? Maybe um, I would say, so let's talk about the coach, uh, Brian Dayball, who you and me both know well, uh, yeah. former uh, offensive coordinator in Buffalo, former, uh, I believe, tight end coach in New England. Uh, for me, he's, um, if you look at his previous stops, he's more apt to run the ball. Obviously, he didn't run the ball as much in Buffalo because you had Josh frickin' Allen. Uh but now he's got Danny Jones. So, spoiler alert, they're probably going to run the ball a little bit more. I could be Quan who fits that. Um, he's a little bit more of an upside pick as opposed to Evan Neal. Evan Neal is definitely the safer of the two offensive tackles. Uh, so, you kind of, you know, pick which poison you want to go with. Um, I like Quan though. I think he's a good fit. They have um, – they got their left tackle kind of sorted uh, already from a previous draft. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Uh, but the best point on offense, you, you probably would say is Saquon Barkley. So, uh, 
let's set him up to be successful and we'll figure the quarterback out later. Listen, there's definitely one thing we can't argue about when it comes to Buffalo is the best team in New York is the Buffalo Bills by a land. Well, they're the only they're they're the only team in New York. Let's be honest. I was, I was setting you up for that. See, I was <laughs> you, you shouldn't have said that though, because now now that statement it, it rings hollow. It doesn't doesn't have any weight to it anymore. Uh, Still true though, Nick. What do you think of uh, Crazy Jared's? Uh, picks here with the Giants. I have a feeling you might be dealing with him a little bit later on. Perhaps. So, you know, this is a weird draft where there is actually like a lot of really solid uh, offensive tackle talent. I still don't love, um, you know, a ton of teams that are picking this high going there just simply because even though, you know, especially for a left tackle, I mean, for a left tackle, I would understand because there's only a certain number of human beings with that body type uh, come out in every you know generation from out of college, and so if you absolutely need a left tackle, you're going to have to probably pick one of the you know, in the top five or top ten of the draft, or get lucky somewhere else. Essentially, um, and unless you're going to pay them tons of money on, on free agency, and so going this high for a right tackle, I mean, I get the idea. So, but the notion is, I, I assume behind this is. In order for them to have any idea of whether or not Daniel Jones is, is worth a darn, they absolutely have to fix that offensive line, and especially if they want to get anything out of Saquon, you know, for whatever time he has remaining in uh, in New York, they got to fix that offensive line. My issue is just simply it's like, so fine, say you fix that offensive line, um, and you you find out that you know maybe Danny Jones is not the guy. Well, then now you're blowing it up again, and it's like it kind of doesn't matter that you have a really good right tackle, um, you know. I I would be I would be interested in the Giants doing going for some more kind of money positions, more high value positions here. Um, but I do see the idea. I would I would just say because I'm pretty sure I can say this better than Crazy Jared can uh, that it's pretty apparent that the Giants are all in on Daniel Jones uh, in a real life perspective. Uh, they aren't looking to blow it up. I don't know what they see in Daniel Jones. And again, I'll turn to you, Rob, and the head coach of the Giants was your offensive coordinator. Does he have the magic powers to turn Daniel Jones, maybe not into Josh Allen, but into something better than what Daniel Jones is now? Um, for that, I will say, I think uh, I think Brian Dable does a really good job of scheming to players' uh, strengths. Um for that, I would look at, let's go back to when he was the offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. Um, the starting quarterback whose name, is, I think it was Jalen Hurts, um, in the championship game had a particular scheme that he was running with him. He got hurt, and this is when Tua was a young kid. Tua ended up coming into the game, and the game plan changed completely. And the reason was is because Dayball likes to tailor his offense to what the quarterback does best. Uh, so I think that whatever version of Daniel Jones you're going to see this year, and I don't know if it's going to be a good version or a bad version, this will be the best version that he can possibly be. Um, he has shown flashes. I don't know if you guys remember that 80-yard run where he got tired and fell to the ground. Um, and that was a say I remember. game. Uh, you know, he's probably going to allow some things like that. He's going to, whatever Daniel Jones is good at, he's going to let him 
do, and the chips are going to fall where they may. So I think whatever you see this year, it's the best Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones you're going to get. All right. Well, the number six pick in the Super Fan Super Mock Draft is the Carolina Panthers, and they will take Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Bama. Uh, Nick, I'm assuming your comments about the Giants taking a tackle sort of ring true here with Carolina, too. Yeah, this is waving the white flag of your Carolina, in my opinion. Um, granted, you know, uh, I mean, I we had some conversation, you know, because this was a, a pick that we kind of did by consensus. Uh, we had a conversation about which way the, you know, the, the Panthers should go and and kind of what pr- the priorities of the decision makers might be, given that they may not have the longest leash in the world. Um, but, you know, they've already picked two quarterbacks, both of which have failed. Um and it's a question of whether or not if, if if this is where the first quarterback goes off the board, does that extend your your front office's uh, longevity or shortness? <laughs> because you know if, if they struggle, then you know you pick another guy and they struggle. It's like okay, dude, you know three three whatever third time was not a charm. We're done with you guys. Whereas if maybe you fix some of the myriad problems that they have, then you and Sam Darnold. Um, you know, somehow plays to the best of his ability and they get to like 500, although I guess with 17 games, you can't beat a 500 team, but it, but is that progress? Is that the progress that saves your job? Maybe, maybe not. I just think um, for a team that needs stuff everywhere and as, as sensible as it generally is to grab yourself a tackle um, that's as polished as Evan Neal, I'm not sure this would be the best, you know, move for the team. You know, in, in the short and medium term, because by the time that the Panthers are good, if they don't have a quarterback, Evan Neal is going to be off his rookie deal anyway. In the first mock draft, uh, we ended up giving the Panthers Malik Willis, the quarterback. Um, so that goes sort of counter to what you were just talking about in regards to quarterback for the, for the Panthers. And I get what you're saying. And I sort of agree. I think, I mean, besides the fact that, McAdoo came out and said, Sam Darnold is our starting quarterback. Uh, And then two questions later, walked back on his comment. I look on the offensive side of the ball for the Panthers and yeah, they could probably use some talent infusion, but there really isn't a player in the NFL draft that I'm going to say is going to start over any of these guys that are currently starting for the Panthers. And then if I look on the defensive side of the ball, I think this is a spot for a corner for sure they could use a corner in that secondary to go with CJ Henderson uh, and Jeremy chin at strong safety. Uh, You know, maybe a linebacker perhaps, but I I don't even think they'd be looking at linebacker. I think if anything, this is a spot where there could be a trade uh, evolving here in the actual NFL draft. I think a team will jump up, to get either one of those wide receivers who haven't been drafted yet or to get the corner who goes next to the New York Giants at seven, Derek Stingley Jr. What do you say, Rob? Um, honestly, I think Carolina should trade back because after this pick, they don't pick again until the 100s. Uh, so they should be looking to trade back. That being said, if they're not, um, I think Evan Neal is a good pick. Fun, fun fact. You guys remember Jordan Gross? Sure. He is the last left tackle to start in consecutive years for the Carolina Panthers. Since he retired, which I believe was 2012, they've had a different left tackle every year since. Um, So I like the pick. Um, I feel like as a 
coaching staff that is probably on their last legs. I think the last thing you want to do is bring in a rookie quarterback um, to kind of tie your wagon to um, when, you know, you can go out and get a Baker Mayfield uh, for probably a seventh round pick. If you're willing to uh, pick up most of the tab on what Cleveland owes them because they have absolutely no leverage. Um, so I would be looking to trade back first and foremost. If I couldn't, I'd be looking to secure that offensive line to try to get that offense to be a little better because the defense in Carolina is not bad. Uh, at number seven, uh, we've already spent a ton of time on the Giants. Uh, and as I mentioned, they take Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback. In the first mock draft, at their ninth pick, they ended up getting Sauce Gardner in our first mock draft. And again, I'll try and get these mock drafts up on our Facebook page if you want to see exactly what we're talking about in the first mock draft and the second mock draft. Um, a lot of talk about Bradbury being on the trade block, but I don't think there's, I think that that noise is really quieted down and maybe it's just because uh, Debo Samuel is the, you know, latest news of the day, but I haven't heard a lot of talks about Bradbury being traded. Have you Nick? Uh, it's been chatter early on, but it was one of those things where once, the, if there's a bunch of chatter about a potential trade and then it dies down, then it's probably just not going to happen. Or the parties are waiting to see how the draft shakes out for them. Um, so with that, I mean, with that said, if the Giants are able to acquire the services of, of Mr. Derek Stingley, maybe that was the shoe to drop that allows them to feel good about moving on from Bradbury. Mm. Interesting. I have a feeling we'll revisit that down the road. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons will select the first quarterback off the board. It will be Malik Willis out of Liberty. Uh, this is not, for all intents and purposes, a good quarterback class, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, but the Falcons, I mean, need to be looking forward uh, for the future. Is Malik Willis, though, the guy that's going to be there Next year, Rob, uh, I, I feel like the Falcons are a year away from thinking about quarterback because their roster is just um, it's crap, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, I think this is a good spot for maybe a Kyle Hamilton um, or, you know, a Jermaine Johnson, you know, something add a little something to this defense. Worry about QB next year. I don't think that Atlanta is going to be, you know, sniffing playoffs. So instead of taking a developmental quarterback, let's add more weapons. And then next year, when your team has a top five pick, you know, let's look at the quarterback class that year, which is uh, spoiler alert, uh, better than this one. I like Malik Willis. I could see a scenario where he's drafted number two. That being said, I, I just think for the Atlanta Falcons specifically, it makes a lot more sense to just keep on adding to the general roster before you put a quarterback in there who you're going to ruin developmental wise because you're, you're just not ready. Uh, our Atlanta super fan MJ writes the uh, essentially what you just said, the dirty birds are in a position where they have a need to fill in every area of the team, except tight end. I like what I've seen in Malik Willis because he has great athleticism and speed, great, great awareness, a cannon for an arm and damn good accuracy. I feel like that's a little overstated. Uh, he's exactly what you want from in someone who could be your franchise quarterback for the next 10 or so years. Also, Willis is not afraid to stay in the pocket and take the hit 
when he needs to, if it means getting the ball to a receiver who's in the right spot, he's not afraid to punch it in himself on short yarded situations. And that is something you want from your quarterback. There's something special about Malik Willis. And I hope that he is in the Falcons Jersey after this year's draft. Uh, I think there's a lot of hope and ifs in there. Yeah. I think if I'm the Falcons, I would rather be the first team to pick a quarterback and uh, whichever quarterback slips out of the first round in the second round, rather than be the, the first team to pick a quarterback in the first round. Well, quarterback, that was the first of the quarterbacks because the next quarterback goes off the board here at number nine to the Seattle Seahawks. This is the pick that they got in the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, and they are going to select Desmond Riddle, Ritter. Quarterback, Cincinnati. Ah, boy. They should never have gotten rid of Russell Wilson, really, in the first place. (laughs) What say you, Rob? I actually like Desmond Ritter. Um, And I've seen rumblings that he's going to be a top 10 pick uh, from draft people that I follow on the old Twitter account. Uh, Feels a little high here, though. Uh, Seattle, you know. They're trying to kind of rebuild, reload on the fly. Um, you know, they signed a couple guys during the uh, off season there. So they're not trying to just completely rebuild the whole thing. So I question quarterback here, I think a little bit. Um, you can get someone similar to Desmond in the second round, I think, in this draft, because I don't think any of these quarterbacks are great. I would maybe go somewhere else. Um, I think Andrew Booth would be a perfect fit. Uh, for the type of defense that Seattle runs. Personally, I think Jermaine Johnson would be a good fit. Um, not that I don't like Ritter. I just don't think I would use a number nine pick on him. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. There isn't that consensus number one guy. There isn't a great quarterback. I mean, I don't think any of these quarterbacks really fit the franchise quarterback mold uh, that we've seen in previous drafts. And there's just a lot of positions of need, like quarterback being one of them, that just gets overdrafted. And I think this is a classic case of uh, there's a need, there's a guy who can sort of fit, kind of, and we're going to draft them now because we need to get the job done. Um, It's a terrible spot to be in, Nick, that you don't have to worry about for years. Yeah, and I do feel similarly about this pick as I, I did the last one. Um, and I think it's even more so, in a sense, if you're Seattle, just simply because they got so many draft picks from trading away Russell Wilson to the uh, to Denver. And I mean, um, so they're going to be in a position where regardless of where they end up um, at, you know, at the end of this year, they're going to have a ton of draft capital next year, too. And so it's like, I don't think they're under the gun to fix quarterback in 2022, um, particularly when they're actually, I think, at least have two first round picks next year. Um, You know, maybe, uh, you know, you you just shore up a different position or like Rob said, you know, they have two early second round picks, um, you know, take the value there. you know, a couple of years ago, there was that famous meme of Russell Wilson running around as an entire offensive line was on the ground. Uh, I'm looking at their offensive line currently. Stone Forsyth at left tackle, Damian Lewis at left guard, Austin Blythe at center, Gabe Jackson at right guard, and Jake Kerhan at right tackle. Uh, 
Um, with the exception of Gabe Jackson and maybe Austin Blythe, has anyone heard of those other three offensive linemen? Nope. Nope. And I believe, and, and both, uh, you know, Jackson and Blythe were backups, I think, of their last teams. So, I mean, I mean, no offense to any of those families uh, or to those gentlemen in particular. Just, I think Seattle has bigger needs than quarterback. Um, and, you know, we all know this game is one in the trenches. All right. At number 10, the New York Jets are back and they will select linebacker out of Georgia, Nicobe Dean. Now, Rob, I'm a big fan of Nicobe Dean's. I like Nicobe Dean. I like Nicobe Dean at 21. I don't know if I like Nicobe Dean at number 10, though. And honestly, my opinion, Nicobe Dean matches a few others, but there are others that like Devin Lloyd better. There are some that say there's not that much of a difference between Dean and Lloyd and some of the other linebackers in this draft. So what's going on here? Ugh. <laughs> this pick is terrible. Like garbage, terrible. Nicobe Dean should not be a top 10 pick. I don't think he gets picked in the first round. I have Devin Lloyd ahead of him for sure. He's just, he's too short. He, and his, um, recognition is just a tick too slow. And also he's got all these studs in front of him on the defensive line at the university of Georgia. What's he going to do when he doesn't have the best of everything in front of him? I'm genuinely curious. Um, I would never pick him in the top 10. I don't think I'd pick him in the first round. Uh, to me, he's a second round guy. So uh, kudos to whoever was trying to uh, put a rando in the New York Jets spot. So someone good with Paulia, but it is a garbage pick. I will say in in the Jets defense, you do have Quinnen Williams, Sheldon Rankins and Solomon Thomas as some of the beef in front of you uh, to go along with the defensive ends, Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers. So there is some beef in front of him, which I agree. I mean, a lot of what Nicobe flashes for on his tape is the fact that he's got these beasts on that Georgia defensive line that sort of eat up a lot of the blockers. I just see a lot of guys that are a lot better than him that have not come off the board yet. Like a lot of guys. And on some level, I think you could you could make that same criticism of the entire Georgia defense because, you know, that Georgia defensive line, too. It's like each one of those guys is helping the other dude a little bit, too, by being unmanageable themselves individually. Um, but I do think I mean, the one thing, you know, I can definitely understand not liking linebacker high and um, and, and just kind of the individual pick. But I, I do think. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do because I do think Sala is really going to want to get some kind of a, a, a tempo setter for his defense because he's a defensive guy and that defense was still flat last year. Um, and, you know, whoever it is um, may get overdrafted just to, you know, just to be the guy that he thinks, you know, can be, you know, both a locker room guy, but, you know, maybe just be the, the solid dude that he thinks is going to get everybody lined up and, and, and all that kind of stuff um, in his style of defense. In mock draft one, the Jets got Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton at four, the safety, and then offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the offensive tackle, but if they did come away with Kayvon Thibodeau here and then maybe a Kyle Hamilton, 
Uh, although, as we mentioned before, uh, that offense needs some weapons. Like, no wide receivers off the board yet. They have their choice of wide receivers here. They can really help increase their team. But is there a guy from the wide receiver position that fits in with what they currently have? Because Elijah Moore, I mean, would we? He's not really an outside wide receiver. He slot all day. And with Braxton Berrios, essentially. Well. Are we going to say Braxton Berrios is going to prevent them from drafting a wide receiver? Come on now. It may prevent them from uh, drafting a slot receiver. Uh, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, uh, and then a bunch of other guys. Uh, I mean, basically, Corey Davis and Denzel Mims are a bunch of other guys. But they paid a bunch of money to CJ Uzoma. They're just going to run it through him, though. (laughs) I mean, the Jets, I think in this particular scenario should have been looking at wide receiver, not at linebacker. Um, This is where the first wide receiver should have come off the board. And again, I get it. I've been looking at the wide receivers. I have a opinion as to who I think is the best wide receiver here. And I think really the best wide receiver is Jamison Williams. And he's not playing at least not in the early part of the year. And when you're a rookie wide receiver and you miss all of camp in the beginning part of the year to catch up. Like, I don't think Jamison Williams is going to play this year, but I do think he is ultimately the best wide receiver of this group, but you don't have him this year, which takes him out of the equation. And then it's, which of these guys do you really like the most? And I think in some circles, that's Garrett Wilson will probably produce the most, but that's a slot receiver again. Uh, It's an interesting predicament when you're looking at the wide receiver position here i'm glad you both agree with me are you there we're here oh, all right good so you're you're moving on we're just waiting to get to the commanders who made an actual proper pick i do have to hop though so it's nice talking to you guys though all right thanks nick i'm sure Keep we'll talk real. to you again at pick 20 yeah yeah I know. just just maybe with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right, Rob, at pick number 11, it is our good friend, the man of salmon, the Commandalorian, Neil, the Washington Commanders will select Kyle Hamilton safety Notre Dame. Great pick. <laughs> now, are you just saying that because it's Neil or are you saying because oh, it's a great pick? It's a great pick. Kyle Hamilton is one of the top prospects in this draft. He's he falls to 11. That's a great pick, especially for them. They need a safety. It's a, it's a solid pick. 
I wish the Commandalorian had followed instructions and had written up something for me to read. Too busy fishing salmon. Would have been nice, you know, or he could have joined me for, (laughs) you know, 10 minutes at some point to talk about this pick. But um, I don't know. I don't really know where their needs lie. Uh, And Kyle Hamilton, I do think is a good safety. They could use a wide receiver too. Uh, but I don't. I have no problem with this pick. Kyle Hamilton is best player available on the board if he's still here at eleven. Like the the way this is played out. Well, if Curtis Samuel comes back from injury, because let's face it, Curtis Samuel was really hurt all year long last year. Um, and then they did make a pick in the third round last year of Diami Brown. I mean, they they've got they've got some options there and. Who's still mm-hmm. available in free agency that they could add? Mm-hmm. Straw man argument. I, I, I'm, one, I think that um, uh, Samuel will be a really good slot receiver if they want to use him that way. Uh, Deami Brown, who I agree with you, I like. I like him come out of North Carolina, uh, but he played okay last year. We'll see. Jury's still out. Right. Well, it's his first year. You got to. I mean, you would hope that a guy that showed, even if he just showed flashes his rookie year, is going to take that jump and improve in his second year. There's, and yeah, I know it's not an exact science. There's plenty of examples of guys that took steps backwards in their second year, but uh, I would, I would be a little bit more optimistic on the wide receiver front for Washington. I've always been more optimistic about Washington than our own Washington super fan. And it's going to take me a while to call them the commanders. I, I don't know if I can accept that nickname at this particular point. I'd rather call them the Washington football team. And that's saying something. <laughs> at number 12, the Minnesota Vikings will select the cornerback out of Clemson, Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, I do believe this is a position of need. Is it too early, though, for Andrew Booth Jr.? As long as his injury checks out, he had a hernia, sports hernia surgery. Uh, so any team that wants to draft him needs to bring him in and kind of see where they're at with that. Uh, but if it checks out, I do not think this is early. I think he's a stud. Mm. A stud, you say? A stud. Mm. All right. Well, congratulations, Minnesota. At number 13, the Houston Texans will select offensive tackle from Mississippi State, Charles Cross. Uh, Now, I do believe in first round Mach 1, the Texans came away with a lineman, Tyler Linderbaum, at pick 13. Uh, So really, it's just a matter of which offensive lineman do you think fits better? Cross fits way better. We'll get into Lindebaum later. I have some pretty strong opinions about him. <laughs> um, mm. um, spoiler alert at pick 13 is complete trash. Uh, but Charles Cross here is not complete trash. I think it's a great pick. I think he's the best pass pro uh, offensive tackle in the draft this year. Uh, as far as pass blocking, I think he's a great pick for the Houston Texans and give them flexibility. Maybe they move Tunsil to pick up some picks in uh, 2023. Well, here's the other 
issue here with the Houston Texans is they need help really pretty much everywhere based on what happened to that franchise over the last few years. They need a quarterback for sure. I don't think Davis Mills is the answer. I don't if Houston Texans fans are. Didn't he light up the Pats last year for over 300 yards and a couple uh, touchdowns? Who didn't light up the Pats at quarterback <laughs> at some point in their career? Um, I know I Josh Allen had a perfect game against him, but we'll, you know, I'll digress. Wow. This was not supposed to turn into anything about Patriots at this well, particular point. Sorry, bud. Although it is the Patriots South in some aspects. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. They they have a lot of they have a lot of needs. I think this is another potential place to trade away. But I also think since there has been no wide receiver, this this is going mm-hmm. to get pretty redundant. I think this is another place where a wide receiver should have gone off the board. I agree. Uh, at number 14, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, surprise, surprise, they're going to select a defensive end, Jermaine Johnson from Florida. I do feel like the Ravens, no matter what, are going to take a defensive player because that's what the Ravens do. They, Yeah, they only draft defensive players. I think in the first mock, they took Jordan Davis, who we'll talk about later. Um, I'm not a fan. Uh, but Jermaine Davis, Jermaine Johnson here, I am a fan of. Uh, I think it's a great pick for them. Uh, kind of continue to build that defense, build in the trenches, um, like the pick. At number 15, the Philadelphia Eagles will select Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan. There's a lot of noise. I know a lot about Daxton Hill because there's a lot of noise about the Patriots loving Daxton Hill. Uh, I personally am not in love with Daxton Hill for the Patriots. Well, not for the Patriots. The Patriots have too many safeties as it is. But Uh, he's so versatile. Like he... He plays safety. He can play outside cornerback. He can play slot cornerback. He's a good piece. He's a piece I could see the Patriots being into. I like the pick. I think Philadelphia needs a draft of safety, whether it's a Hill, whether it's a Klein from Georgia. Uh, one of the two. I like Daxon Hill as a fit here. Well, uh, clearly James, our Eagles super fan, enjoyed this pick. And he writes, so um, this is weird. I'm writing something for a show I'm not on. Okay, here goes. First, let me start with saying that if I could draft a new DC for the Eagles, I would. Second, this defense needs help. And by help, I mean a complete overhaul, reconstructive surgery, if you will. I know most mocks out there have the Eagles taking a wide receiver with one of these picks, but I believe the defense is the most urgent need. I went full defense in both mocks, but as we're focusing on mock 2.0, I chose safety Dayton Hill, and then he's going to take a linebacker with his next pick. Another year of high-level play can be squeezed out of the front four, but the backers and secondary need immediate relief. Hill is the high IQ, rangy safety. The secondary has been lacking. During our mock, he was the best DB available. The top corners were gone, and he fills a big need as this unit is only returning one starter. Uh, He's going to talk a little bit about the linebacker and... Pipe dream, Derek Stingley falls due to his medicals and the Eagles take him in place of Hill. Fly, Eagles, fly. It all sounds reasonable. Yep. For the first time ever, James sounds reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, thank you, James, for stepping up and being the host uh, all this year. It's been uh, fantastic having you there. And uh, it's a shame you weren't able to join us today. But, uh, you know, we'll talk again some point down the road maybe we'll see 
Uh, at pick number 16, uh, Chris, who's one of our draft Knicks, uh, representing the New Orleans Saints, takes Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, NIU. This is from the Carson Wentz uh, trade from the Colts. Um, wait, no, that's not. Yeah, the Saints and the Eagles made a trade. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. You're right. Silly me. Whew. See, when you step away for a while, it's not as easy as you think. You think it's like riding a bicycle, but it's really not. Uh, all right. Trevor Penning, talk to me about him. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good pick. I think he's going to go higher than 16. Um, you know, maybe an offensive tackle pulse here, but offensive tackles always seem to get overdrafted rather than underdrafted. And to me, this is underdraft. You know, he's a little bit of a raw piece of clay because uh, he played at NIU. Um, but I think that he's a top 12 guy uh, falling to 16. Great for the Saints. Fills a position of need for sure. Uh, so good on them. Again, though, I mean, Michael Thomas returns, but who else is going to catch balls on that New Orleans Saints team? Like, well, they got another pick to maybe get it right. We'll see. Well, I they got to pick three picks from them. I suppose uh, number. Oh, wait. Well, Chris actually wrote something. Oh. Should I read it now or should I wait three picks from now? Read it. All right, Chris. What did you write? Chris Saints biggest needs tackle wide receiver and safety. If the right quarterback falls, then sure. Uh, so with Penning big, mean athletic uh, left tackle who can fill the shoes of Teron Armstead. As far as day two guys, the saints still need, well, I can't read any of this. So the rest you'll have to wait until I get to pick 19, but Chris is, I don't want to give anything away, but Yeah. I don't think Saints fans will be happy. 17, the Los Angeles Chargers will select defensive tackle from Georgia, Jordan Davis. I don't, I, I didn't get to challenge Nick too much on what he was saying about the defensive front end helping each other. I mean, eventually, yes, I get everybody helps each other, but that's the whole point of a football team. Yeah. These guys are going to be lined up against, you know, these guys are going to be lined up with pros you know, in theory as well. So that their natural talents will come out. Is Jordan Davis the best of the guys on the front line on Georgia? No, no, I actually, I'm going to be honest with you. This is we're entering hot take territory. I think Jordan Davis is most likely guy in the first round to be a big old bust. Mm. I'm going to tell you why uh, he is quoted as saying, well, at the University of Georgia, uh, that he was not able to help them on third downs pass rushing because he never cared as much, as much about his weight. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to take this guy, you're going to give him millions of dollars, and you're going to give him more free time than he's ever had in his life. You think that's going to play out well? Sure. No, no, it never plays out well. Jordan Davis couldn't, couldn't with all the, I mean, with all the limitations at Georgia, could not give just a little bit to be better to play on third downs. Now he's got money and now he's got time. Nope. He is going to be a bust. Oh, I am steadfast in this. 
I know that he killed it at the combine. Yes, that'll get him his money. Now let's see what he does with his money. I mean, on defense, you're looking at Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on either edge. Uh, they added J.C. Jackson at corner. You, you want to talk about bust? Patriot. <laughs> I know. Spoiler <laughs> alert. J.C. Jackson is going to be trash when he doesn't have Belichick. I'm just I'm I personally like J.C. Jackson. I'm very proud of of where he came from and where he's at now. I mean, this is a guy who was an undrafted free agent who was considered one of the top corners, no matter who you talk to, was considered one of the top 10 corners in the league. Uh, over Unless the last, you talk to Stefan Diggs. <laughs> and over the last couple of seasons. <laughs> and, uh, and so he got paid, which is what the Patriots were not going to do. Um, they were definitely not going to pay him, but there is sort of this history of when Patriots players leave, they don't end up performing as well as they did in new England. Uh, and JC Jackson is now the guy in San Diego's secondary and, um, Devontae Adams is going to eat his lunch. Yeah. He's, he's definitely got his work cut out for him. So, I mean, Honestly, I think this is a spot again that could trade out. Uh, I didn't they just resign Mike Williams? They so, did twenty mil a year, same price as Diggs got. So their their wide receiving core is aging, but not necessarily a point of need. Uh, so I definitely think this is a spot where they would want to trade out of uh, seventeen. All right. We're back to pick 18, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. They will select linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. All right, you had some hot takes on the linebackers. Go. No, I like Devin Lloyd. I think this is a good spot for him. Um, The other linebacker I didn't like. I don't know why he went ahead of Devin Lloyd by eight picks, but whatever. Devin Lloyd can fit this role with Philly. Philly's looking for a middle linebacker. Devin Lloyd has explosiveness. He's got athleticism. He could do this. He is a worthy first-round pick. I think the Eagles did themselves well in this mock draft simulation where they added on the back end, the back seven with Daxon Hill, who's versatile, Devin Lloyd, who could play in them nickel roles. I think they did good. You know, I think the problem that I've had in watching highlight tapes is that depending on who it was that was cutting the tape, we'll cut it in a way that will steer you maybe in – it's not lying, but it's definitely going to give you the wrong sort of look. And when I watch Devin Lloyd's highlight tape, I see, I see the flashes. I think he's going to be fine uh, as a linebacker, but I do see him getting eaten up uh, in the offensive line quite a bit uh, where he's unable to make the play uh, on the ball. Uh, And maybe middle linebacker won't be the position that's best suited for him. Uh, maybe he's better off as a weak side linebacker. Uh, that's my own personal take on Devin Lloyd. What I like about N'Kobe Dean is he he seems to be extremely fast. He does use his speed to get around uh, slower guys. Obviously, in the NFL, the slower guy is still faster <laughs> than perhaps what you've experienced in the college ranks. Um And so he's not going to be able to rely on that speed as much to make up for, as you said, maybe a, a half second uh, 
uh, lack of reaction time. Um, but I still, I don't know. I still like Dean better than Lloyd. No, no, I do. I like Lloyd better. And it's not to me, it's not particularly close. Mm. Well, I suppose we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, uh, James likes him, says Lloyd can do it all. His command of the mic position will pay big dividends for a Philly D that hasn't had a linebacker of his caliber since Jeremiah Trotter with Slay, Graham and Cox all getting older. These two can be cornerstones of a defensive resurgence. He's referring to Dayton Hill, whom he selected earlier at pick 19. The New Orleans Saints are back again and they will select quarterback out of pit. Kenny Pickett. Oh, this the this was not good, Chris. I get what he I get it. Um, but my personal opinion of particularly of Kenny Pickett is that he's Jared Goff, but we have hindsight now. We know he's not gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I would have gone wide receiver here personally, but they I mean, do you need to take a shot at quarterback if you don't have that guy? So, you know, he likes Kenny Pickett. I don't, it is what it is. Well, now reading what Chris wrote, he he did this to screw us. Uh, this was more of a curiosity for me. Every wide receiver <laughs> was still on the board at this point. And if this was real, I would have ran to the podium for Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. But I wanted to see how the board would fall if I went quarterback. Pickett is my highest rated quarterback of the draft. And though I believe Winston can do good things in New Orleans, he hasn't proved to be a franchise quarterback yet. Until you are convinced that guy is on your roster, you need to keep swinging the bat. As far as day two guys, the Saints still need a wide receiver. So at this point, I'd be looking for an Alec Pierce type. Uh, so don't admit to me that you would have taken a wide receiver if this were real. It was real. Yeah, it's real to me, damn it. And you took a quarterback, <laughs> his highest rated quarterback. Um, I get what he's saying. If you yeah. with with two picks. I think taking a swing on a quarterback isn't as bad as if you only have one pick and it's at the top of the draft. Uh, you're in the middle of the draft. You've already made a pick uh, for your offensive line uh, to help improve that. You're going to take a swing on a guy who may or may not pan out. I still hate using that much draft capital to make that. Maybe he'll work. Maybe he won't pick, but I get it. it but don't screw up the draft. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, at pick number 20, Rob, we're rejoined by the dulcet tones of Chief Nick. And the Kansas City Chiefs have selected defensive end George Karloftis. Can you even Karloftis. say his name? I think it's Karloftis. It's, yeah, Karloftis. Mm. Uh, defensive end here. Tell, talk to me about your pick. So uh, somehow it got deleted from the sheet, but this was actually a trade up from 29. I traded Pittsburgh, um, gave him the first of uh, the Chiefs two third round picks to move up. 
because, and I think this is actually a pretty realistic scenario for the Chiefs, uh, kind of unfortunately, because the Chiefs, while they do have two first round picks, they have their, their two kind of first round needs are pass rusher and wide receiver. And while wide receiver may still fall to them um, at some point at, at 30 or in the second round, I really feel like there's a huge drop off in terms of edge rushers after the first four here, after Hutchinson, Thibodeau, um, Jermaine Johnson, and then Karloftis. And even Karloftis, I think, is a bit of a fall from Jermaine Johnson. But beyond him, I really feel like it's all guys that are going to need, you know, at least a year of development who have tools, but they're not going to give that kind of immediate impact that I think the Chiefs really need, uh, given that suddenly the AFC West has four Pro Bowl quarterbacks in it. Uh, well, maybe maybe three <clears throat> Vegas, but um, you know, and, and so Karloftis, he, he really fits uh, uh, Spagnolo's scheme just in terms of his uh, height, weight, all that kind of stuff. He's a power rusher. He could probably learn some new tools and, and his critics say he's a little stiff and I, you can see that on tape, but he, he would be able to do the stuff that uh, Spagnolo asks uh, his defensive ends to do um, and would, you know, with him, uh, Frank Clark and, and Chris Jones all rushing the passer, I feel at least better about the Chiefs pass rush and defense. Now, as you know, we've been comparing this second mock to the first mock. In the first mock, Karloftis went to the Eagles at pick 15. So you're in the same area. Uh, but Jermaine Johnson in the first mock was still available uh, and didn't go until 23. So you felt it was necessary to trade up to, to get your guy. You didn't, you didn't think he was going to fall any. Yeah, I mean, pretty much both in our both of our mocks and um, and the two and basically every mock that I see, uh, Karloftis and Johnson are, are are gone by at least the early twenties. And you know, the Chiefs with their first pick at twenty nine. Uh, I, I have yet to see any of them make it down that far. The first time we did this, this is a, I would actually in some ways kind of prefer what to, the Chiefs to just sit pat with their twelve picks in this draft, get a, a nice new core of. Uh, of cheap young players uh, for what has been a very top heavy roster for a few years. Um, but sitting pat means you're not going to be able to, you know, you got to be extremely lucky for a dude at a value position to actually wind up in your spot. And I decided to take destiny in my own hands this time. And for the price of a third, when, you know, the chiefs have two picks in each of the first four rounds, I feel like I don't hate uh, losing one of them, and especially in either the third or the, or the fourth. And I thought it was worth it to go up and, and get them. Um, while the, the you know, first time around, I was able to, to see what I got. I liked the wide receiver I got in the first time around, uh, but I did not like having to settle for Boye Mafe uh, in the first mock. So I'm glad you brought up wide receiver because as we've already discussed, wide receiver hasn't been picked yet. And I don't foresee that scenario happening. In this scenario, you have your choice of wide receiver. You weren't tempted at all. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not cool. Well, let's say uh, let me put this a different way. I definitely want the Chiefs to come away with a wide receiver in the first round, but I think there's enough depth in that kind of first round group that I don't think it's worth trading up for if they don't have to. Now, what's interesting is what we're about to see is that there is a big run on wide receivers right after I picked, essentially. Um, and so I was making this move thinking, well, look, not a single wide receiver is off the board. I can at least lock in the defensive end that I like. And one of those guys that I really like out of wide receiver is still going to be around at 29. There's no way that they all go off the board uh, in the next you know, nine picks. Um, but we will see what maybe happens in the picks to come. Yeah, I... Um... I don't know. I don't have anything here. Rob. <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, uh, you know, Carl Loftus, 
might be a touch high for me, but I'm going to defer to Nick when he talks about someone who fits that particular defense uh, that they run. I mean, he's obviously not a bad defensive end. He's probably going to get drafted in that late first, early second bubble. Um, The wide receivers are, I mean, obviously there's been the way this mock kind of presented itself. I would probably prefer Garrett Wilson uh, to Carl Optus personally, but I get it because there's just so many of them. And every year there just, seems to be so many of them that it's probably worth it to get a positional need uh, when you can go back. And I think you end up with what pick 36 later on to get a wide receiver there. So I get it. Uh, Nick, if you don't add a wide receiver are, I mean, I'm looking at your depth chart right now. Uh, I know you're going to say, well, it really starts with the tight end. Travis Kelsey, but your depth chart is Marquez Valdez Scantling, who I actually wanted for the Patriots, McCole Hardman and Juju Smith Schuster. So you actually have that old Brady lineup of a bunch of twos. Sort of. Uh, And as you mentioned, I would assert that actually Travis Kelsey has been the chief's number one wide receiver for really like even through the Tyreek era in terms, he's usually the, the first read on every um, on every play, um, and he runs actually wide receiver one routes on a lot of um, a lot of situations. But um, I also think this is kind of a draft of, of wide receiver twos. Um, and there's there's no Julio Jones in this draft, so I think Juju showed the ability to maybe be a one um, in his first couple of years in the league, and he's on a one year deal with the Chiefs, so he's you know he's in this situation, uh, and he actually has a quarterback that can throw the ball. Um, so he may, um, this may be another kind of breakout season for him that he gets paid somewhere else next year, but I, I, I don't disagree that there's not an obvious one. I would, I guess my further, uh, my, my further point on that point is just simply look back through every single Andy Reed team, um, in his long career. How often has he had a clear wide receiver one? I would argue that, uh, well, he inherited Dwayne Bow in his first couple of years in Kansas city. Um, outside of that, he hasn't had one, um, Tyreek Hill grew in. That's that was the other one. That's the other option. And that was like what one year in, in the Eagles? Um, and maybe one and a half. And so, you know, outside of kind of that, you know, you could argue again that Tyreek is wide receiver one, but he grew into that role. He was a he was a gadget guy for like half of his his time in KC. And and maybe that, you know, and again, you can argue that he was still more of a wide receiver too, that just got a lot of volume because they found ways to get the ball to him because he was, you know, he's crazy fast. Um, so I don't think the Andy Reid offense needs a wide receiver one. I think he likes different body types. I think he likes having a bunch of tools and he likes to spread it around normally. By the way, don't think I'm going to let you get away with, oh, Tyreek, he was a gadget guy for most of his career and he grew <laughs> and wide receiver. Get out of here. Tyreek Hill is the number one guy and he's going to be a number one guy in Miami. Uh, accept it. You have to you have to accept these things, my friend, when these players leave your team. I mean, I'm not going to say that you know that the Chiefs are better without him or anything like that. I mean that 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 is insane. They're obviously not, and I think I think even I would say that it's going to be difficult for the Chiefs to quote unquote win that trade in 2022 in terms of the product on the field. Like if they do, that's amazing. If somehow they're like a better offense with what they cobble together with what uh, you know whatever they're going to do here through the draft and uh, and any additional moves. 
Um, but I think that was a move for the medium term and it was shocking you know, when it happened. But at the same time, I do kind of like that the Chiefs were willing to rip off that Band-Aid and, and, and do it because the Chiefs have been such a top-heavy roster for so long. Now they actually have an opportunity to make the you know, get younger, be extend to that window uh, a few more years than if they had just tried to keep running it back and keep overpaying every, everybody who hits the market sort of thing, which uh, a lot of teams do. And a lot that's what closes the door on a lot of teams' windows. All right. I'm going to assume you got to run. Any other positions you're hoping to draft here at the uh, later rounds? Well, wide receiver is what you know what we've been talking about. Uh, I do have my my preferences among them. I see a lot of mock drafts having the Chiefs, you know, like trade up big time for Jamison Williams, which is the one thing I would not like to see them do. Just because, well, you, you can obviously see how he would fit in the Chiefs' offense. Um, he, I, I think, like using a bunch of the capital from the Tyreek Hill trade to try to move up and get a guy that you're hoping will be something like. Tyreek, who's a generational player, there's not going to be another one like him for a long time. I mean, it's just that doesn't seem like good strategy. Um, I have my targets there. But in this draft, actually, I did trade back um, because I got a call from our uh, hyperactive Giants GM. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and so oh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and so while I moved up from 20 from 29 to 20, I also moved back from 30 to 36. Um, because the Giants are looking to move on from their starting corner, uh, James Bradbury, and the Chiefs have been in trade talks with the the Giants on that. And and that move of you know of what six spots um, is, you know it, it it equates to similar like to a a fourth round pick value, I guess. And but nonetheless, I mean for me looking at having there been a huge run wide receivers just before me, the quality wide receiver I was going to get at that point was going to be similar six picks later as it was right there. And I also was able to add a, um, add another starter to the defense. So I wouldn't mind the chiefs doing that either. So you assume, I mean, there could easily be another quick run on wide receivers here in the beginning of the second round, but sure. We'll, we'll play along. All right, Nick. Well, thanks for jumping in. We appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. All right. Pick 21. Uh, This is a familiar territory. Uh, The New England Patriots. Pat Verchance will select offensive lineman Zion Johnson from Boston College. Now, it's funny. Pat Verchance thinks a lot like me, Rom. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. It's a surprise. Uh, I... uh, as I said, I don't see anybody in this particular draft, like really standing out and being like, this is the guy that will go into the hall of fame. Like I don't know if they're, you can say that every year, but that guy isn't like glaring. He doesn't stand out. Uh, what I have heard about Zion Johnson is he is the safest guy to draft in this particular draft. Uh, the guy who has, perhaps the highest floor, but may not have the highest ceiling, but his floor is so high, it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, A guy that you can pick in, plug in right away. Uh, In terms of Patriots who love versatility, he can play multiple positions on the offensive line. Uh, The Pats have some glaring needs at the guard position, having uh, allowed Ted Karras. I can't believe Ted Karras 
gets stolen away from the New England Patriots. They trade away Shaq Mason for nothing. Yeah, that what let's talk about that. Ugh. And uh yeah, it just um they've got some problems on their offensive line. Micah Wenyu, the all pro rookie, uh played left guard at the beginning of the season, but lost his job to Ted Karras. Uh, cause he played better at right tackle, but the Patriots front and re-signed Trent Brown. So on when you doesn't have his spot open to him at the right tackle position, I just think, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, Oh, we got a lot of these versatile guys and we can do whatever we want. I think the Patriots will hundred percent trade out of the spot. Belichick has admitted he doesn't take the third or fourth guy at a position when the top guy on on the board at another position is still available uh zion's the top guy but i don't think he wants to draft a guard at 21 and since all the other guys he wants are gone he's going to trade out now i'm sure i'm i can hear i can already hear it there are patriot fans going wide receiver wide receiver i'm not saying that Devonte parker trade uh prevents the patriots from drafting a wide receiver but I do think it makes it less of a need at pick 21. And even with all of the guys on the board, my favorite wide receiver is Traylon Burks. I get he ran slow at the combine, but he doesn't run slow on tape. Uh, and he played in the SEC and you know succeeded at the highest level in college football. Uh, I think Traylon Burks is the best of these guys that are available. I really like Jameson Williams. But as I've mentioned before, I don't think he plays this year. And if he does, it's not until late this year. I want my first round draft choice to contribute right away uh, on my team. I like Garrett Wilson. He's more of a slot type. Patriots got enough of those guys already on the team. And same with Chris Olave. So to me, the difference between some of the other wide receivers I can get in the second round, like a Sky Moore or someone of that nature, uh, isn't that different than what I would get at this particular point. So I don't think the Patriots will actually make this pick, but if they do, I think Zion Johnson's the guy. Yeah. I like Zion Johnson. You can play all five positions on the offensive line. Gives you that versatility. Can you even play center? Did it at the senior bowl. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Zion Johnson. Um, I would like to see him available for the bills at 25. I think he's a great fit for them. So, uh, you know, kudos on the Patriots are getting him at 21. Yeah. I mean, is it a sexy pick? No, 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 gonna, not at all. Are, is the fan base going to, you know, go, oh, we got Zion Johnson Super Bowl. They better not because that doesn't necessarily equate that either. Uh, but yeah, I just think at this particular point, the best player available on the board is Zion Johnson. At number 22, the Green Bay Packers are doing backflips. They are. They're basically doing what the Patriots did last year when they got Mac Jones, because no wide receiver has been drafted for 22 picks. And now the Green Bay Packers will select Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State, to replace Devontae Adams. And I think if this scenario were to play out, my God, what the hell are all these other GMs doing, Rob? Um, so first off, side note, before we get into Garrett Wilson going to 22, which I agree with you completely, I saw Mac Jones described earlier today on Twitter as a big bag of milk and nothing <laughs> has been more accurate in my entire life. 
<laughs> so anyway, back to Garrett Wilson. Love the pick. 22 is no business going this low. This is silly. I don't know what we were doing. I don't know why I didn't try to trade up, probably because I wasn't paying too much attention. Uh, but Garrett Wilson at 22, uh, perfect fit. I love that for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay Brian wrote, wrote in, biggest needs, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, edge, safety. In mock number one, Drake London falls to number 22. Uh, and then, he, well, I'll, I'll give it up. He double dips on wide receiver in this draft. So in mock one, he gets Drake London and Traylon Burks. And mock two, he gets Garrett Wilson, and he's going to get another wide receiver at number 28. And I think I think that's realistic for the Packers yep, based too. on Love what's occurred. Love yeah. the double dip for him. Yeah, good, good work there, Brian. At number 23, the Arizona Cardinals will take defensive end from Minnesota, Boy Mafe. Um, didn't sound like when Nick had to draft him in Mach 1, uh, he was too thrilled with uh, Boy Mafe. So my personal opinion, you look at the Cardinals the last couple of drafts. They took Isaiah Simmons in the first round. They took Zayvin uh, Collins in the first round. Both of those high upside guys, uh, big, big traits guys. So I think uh, the boy Amape pick kind of makes sense uh, out of Minnesota because he's he's one of those big, you know, win on traits guys. You only look at his film in Minnesota, you might not love it. Uh, but, you know, he's going to win on traits and he's a high upside guy. And if you can coach him the right way, I think he's going to be a stud. So, you know, good on them. I, I like the pick. I don't have a problem with it. At pick 24, the Dallas Cowboys will select a wide receiver it is the one from USC. It is Drake London. Big boy, big boy, Drake <laughs> London. And that's all I got. He, he separates more than you think he would. Uh, no, he doesn't. He really he doesn't. doesn't. When he I watch Drake London's tape, it reminds me of a guy on the new England Patriots by the name of Inkill Harry. So congratulations. You a guy that you guys drafted in the first round. Yeah. And I think Drake London is the exact type of exact same type of player. He doesn't separate. Doesn't well, he, he uses his height to his advantage in the NFL. He's not going to have, those same advantages that he that he's able to use on the college football field. I just I think Drake London, you want to talk about busts. I see bust all over Drake London. All right. All right. Pick 25. Oh, it's a familiar team. It is the Buffalo Bills. Rob, you select wide receiver out of Alabama, Jameson Williams. You already heard my thoughts on Jameson. I think he's the best wide receiver out of this group, but I don't think he's playing this year. So talk to me about your decision-making here. Yeah, kind of agree with that, but you know what the best part is about having a loaded team? You can take whoever you want and not have to worry about if they're going to play this year or maybe start playing next year. And that's where Jamison Williams comes in. He's a beast. I think he's wide receiver one. I think he's the best wide receiver in this class. I think he's more than just a fast guy. I think he's a great route runner. I think he's great yards after the catch. And yeah, he's probably going on the pup list to start the year. Who cares? We don't need him to start the year, but we're going to get him in playoff time. Uh, they kind of add a little bit of a different uh, wide receiver than we have on the roster right now. You know, someone who could take the top off the defense, somebody who could spread things out. So I love it. Love that he's still here at 25. Don't know why he's here at 25. I think some of my fellow super fans skipped, uh, dropped the ball here, but I will gladly pick it up. When I look at your team, I think you have made, 
I think you've, I mean, wide receiver is definitely not a position of need. You just gave Stefan Diggs a big bag full of money. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder. Those are all great twos and slots. I think, I think your wide receiving core doesn't need it. I do think you need an upgrade at tight end. And I think you've admitted to that too. Mm. Um, Dawson Knox is a beast. I don't think we need to necessarily upgrade from it. I mean, be great to add another weapon, but uh, you know, we signed OJ Howard, uh, you know, first week of the off season. So I'm not, not, not worried about it. Like to add another one later, but I'm in no big rush. Definitely not one at pick 25. Yeah. If OJ Howard sees the field for half the games this season, I'll be surprised. Uh, at running back, I think running back is probably the position on offense you need the biggest upgrade at. Maybe. Um, but again, when your offense operates at the way that it does, do you really need to have a stud running back to go along with it? Um, and when I look at your defense, I'm looking at your secondary as your point of weakness, specifically your, your second corner and your aging safeties. Well, I mean, I get that. But that being said, um, the Bills and Sean McDermott's defense in general has gotten by with skimping at the quarterback position for years because they play a particular style of defense, which is that zone cover two, cover three shell. So you don't have to take a cornerback in the first round. Would I like to? Sure. I'll give it you. Drew, let, let Andrew Booth dropped me in the first round. I'll, I will run to the podium. I took him in our Mach 1. But there's no, like... There's a lot of guys that fit that defense later on. So there's not a big worry. Yeah, it sucks that I can't really slam this pick. It's just you can't. It's great value. It's terrible. It's just terrible. <sighs> At 26, the Tennessee Titans select Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. So I had said earlier, I think Traylon Burks is the best wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, what say you? I could have sworn you just said Jamison Williams was the best receiver. Well, he is, but he's not going to play this year, so he doesn't count. So, Traylon Burks, um, I think if you're a fantasy football guy, you're interested in seeing where Traylon Burks goes because he may be your wide receiver one in fantasy football. Uh, he got a lot of the share at Arkansas, uh, was a dominator for three of the, you know, a couple of his years there. Um, I worry about a separation a little bit. Um, I think you need a proper offensive coordinator to kind of uh, use him correctly to a certain degree. Um, I've seen some people say he's Debo Samuel. I disagree with that. I, you're not putting Traylon Burks in the backfield. That's just, that's dumb. But I like the pick for the Titans. Um, you know, especially, you know, they got, they got uh, in Buffalo, we have to affectionately call him Bobby Trees, uh, Robert Woods there. And uh, you got A.J. Brown is a great, you know, great spot for him to kind of learn and uh, get to know his craft and, you know, be a playmaker. So good on good on the Titans. I like to pick. Well, and A.J. Brown is disgruntled, uh, as is apparently most diva wide receivers at this point. But, you know, <laughs> that's a whole so glad story. that the Bills signed Diggs right before all this. <laughs> Uh, at 27, the oh, wait, Tennessee Titans. Uh, we have a write up. Oh, do we? We do, we do, and I believe it's from Jordan, right? Jordan's our Tennessee Titans super fan. See, I've been around, I've been gone for too long. All right, in Mach one, he ended up with Jamison Williams, in Mach two, he gets Traylon Burke. So, 
you can see where I'm going with this best wide receiver available. If any of the top five are still on the board, I highly doubt Jameson will be there at pick 26. I actually think he could be, but maybe Burks or Alave will be. In my view, we need a wide receiver to keep up with the arms race in the AFC. And because we have no depth after AJ Brown and Robert Woods, who both had injuries last year. The other option is to go offensive line. Yes, after drafting a right tackle in round run of 2020 and again in round two of 2021, we still need a right tackle. It would be pretty depressing to spend another first on one. I think the Bengals' decision last year to take Chase over Sewell and how well that worked out shows that we'd much rather have wide receiver. It's easier to get an adequate O-line in mid-rounds than it will be to get a dangerous wide receiver. We also don't have a second-round pick. So, yeah, give me one of the top five wide receivers, please. I'm going to put a pin right there. Not everyone's going to be able to pull off the Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. It just happened to be that Jamar Chase was the perfect fit for the Bengals with Joe Burrow, his former quarterback, and the fact that they – clearly tailored that offense around what they were doing at LSU. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of like for them is the perfect guy to be in that spot. I think any other spot to take uh, Sewell there, but you know, that's water over the bridge at this point. Um, But that's my point. My point is that's not something that you're going to recreate, not just, Oh, I have a chance for an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. It can't be just any wide receiver. It's got to be, the perfect wide receiver. Yeah. And that was his guy. That was his right. guy for sure. Alternatively, or if they're all gone by pick 26, I really believe they're a sneaky team to take a quarterback due to Tannehill's contract. There's a good chance. This is his last year. Mike Rabel is best friends with the Cincy coach. So I could totally see us taking Desmond Ritter. Uh, so wide receiver, offensive line or quarterback with our first pick. If top five wide receivers are gone, we could try to trade back since we don't have a second and don't be too shocked if we go quarterback. And frankly, uh, I'll bring it up here at pick 26, because this could be the uh, spot where it begins. Um, the sneaky fifth year thing, right? If mm-hmm. team wants a guy to get that extra fifth year, they've got to do it in the first round. And maybe this is the spot where teams are starting to look to trade back into the first round to get that extra fifth year, especially for a quarterback. Yeah, I think specifically for a quarterback. I don't think it matters for any other position. But let's talk a couple of things, you know, with the Titans. One, Tannehill didn't show up to OTAs for Tennessee this week. Um, is it a contract situation with him? Could be. Maybe he wants to see how far teams are willing to stretch for a mediocre QB. I mean, it seemed to work for uh, for Cousins pretty well. Um, that being said, I do think that the Titans – you know, wide receiver is a uh, potential position to need. He mentioned Ritter. I don't think Ritter makes it this far, quite frankly. I think Ritter gets drafted earlier. Uh, well, he did in ours, right? He's off the board already. He's already, Yeah, he got drafted at nine. Yeah. Um, there's, he's been all over the board. I don't think he makes it this far. Um, I know his – so he's training with the same – QB coach that Josh Allen trains with Jordan Palmer. Um, those receiver, those quarterbacks typically have quite a bit of success. I don't think he, I just don't think he makes it this far. Hmm. Uh, by the way, Jordan Palmer clearly making much more money as a personal quarterback coach than as a coach in the league. But yeah. <laughs> you got to wonder, he has trained quite a few of these star quarterbacks at this point. 
Uh, 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will select Tyler Linderbaum, who is not a cornerback. He is a center from Iowa. Uh, all right. You said you had some stuff you wanted to let go on Tyler Linderbaum. Go for it. Um, so Tyler Linderbaum. So the first draft you did, you got drafted 13. I hated it. Hated the pick so much. 27 seems a little bit more likely. Reason why he's not playing guard for you. He's a center and a center only. Um, and you can talk about his athletic skills, but He's one of the shortest, you know, you look and they're like, oh, 97%, uh, you know, 10, 10 yard cone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tyler Lindebaum, when it comes to arm length, 1%. Uh, when it comes to height, like 6% percentile when you come to these things. If he hits, he's an anomaly. And the one that you compare him to, Jason Kelsey, the current center from the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's great. And I think he could be that. That being said, if I was a team drafting, I would never try to draft someone who I think is going to be an anomaly. I would let someone else draft that guy. And that's where Tyler Lindemann comes in. I just don't think, I think he's more of like an early second round pick. I don't, I mean, even late first bucks are probably the best spot for him to fall into. Um, any earlier than that, I just don't love it at all, at all. But is he moving Ryan Jensen out of the center spot for the Bucks? Nope. Yeah, Not so. That's a terrible pick by the Bucks. <laughs> Just, I mean, listen. Yeah, to how me, soon, it is a ceiling. How soon do we expect Chris Godwin back? Week seven. Okay. I'm I, asking. I don't even know. I, I don't either. So I'm in my last years with Tom Brady, and I want to make it back to a Super Bowl. I'm not drafting him a center. Mm-hmm. No, I'm getting him a wide receiver. Uh, especially considering there are still two other wide receivers on the board that are considered top five wide receivers in this draft. Yeah. I don't know what we are doing with Tampa Bay, giving them a center because that's not going to happen. And people are saying, you know, his weight, he weighed in at the combine at like um, 300. He, that's not his playing weight. That's not what he's going to play. He's going to play at 285. So the guy you saw at the combine is not the guy you're going to get on your team. So I just don't, I, I think Linderbaum is an, an, if he hits, he's an anomaly, which I don't want any part of. By the way, I don't, I don't remember when Tampa Bay made these signings, but and they ended up with Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal added to their secondary. Those are great yeah. additions. Like, Oh, Tampa Bay is reloaded. Yeah. How in the world did that happen? What are these GMs in the NFL doing these days? Remember pod Vader for, general manager that should have happened really should have 28 the green bay packers are back they will select wide receiver ohio state chris olave so if you don't like garrett wilson well he got olave too <laughs> uh we already mentioned we love the double dip what do you think of taking the two wide receivers from the same school love it love it this is Great. If you're going to reset the wide receiver room, this is how you do it, right? So you get one who's more of a skilled route running technician and Garrett Williams. And then you get the speed guy in Kushalave. I love it. Just to finish what Brian had said about his picks, he does say, I think Garrett Wilson has one of the best floor ceiling combinations of the wide receivers in this draft. Alave 
would bring some route running savvy back to the wide receiver room and seems like one of the most pro ready wide receivers in this draft. Yes, please. Other considerations, none really. These are my top two wide receivers. While I double dipped on wide receivers in both mocks, it would not shock me at all if Green Bay punted on wide receivers entirely in round one. I tell you, if they do that, there's no way Aaron Rodgers plays this season in Green Bay. Uh, The need at that position is great, but Green Bay has historically not taken a round one in the last two decades. We clearly don't value that position the way other teams do. If we don't, my guess is we look at available trench, O-line or D-line or edge players where we have tended to spend high value draft capital. And I will repeat, if they don't draft a wide receiver, there is no way Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers this year. Nope. He is counting all his cryptocurrency and he's leaving. At 29, the Pittsburgh Steelers from Niners to Miami to Kansas City reek trade to Pittsburgh also receives number 94. Uh, Pittsburgh will select wide receiver from Georgia, George Pickens. I haven't heard much about Pickens. He's a second round guy. I don't like the pick. I'd rather take Jahan Dotson from Penn State here. Yeah, he's a guy that I've heard a lot of, and I kind of like him too, but I don't think I don't think Dotson's a first round guy either. More of a first round guy than Pickens. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And then, like I said, the other wide receiver I've heard a lot of about is Sky Moore, yep. uh, who I also Another guy. believe is a first round guy. So, all right. Well, is wide receiver really where the Steelers should be focusing their attention? Probably not. I see a guy who's going to get picked at 32 who I would have picked for them. Mm. I'm trying to pull up the Pittsburgh Steelers depth chart and they're buried because I forgot that they they've been pretty bad lately. Obviously quarterback is a position that they should be considering since Mitchell Trubisky is their current slated starter. Hey, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be great. <laughs> I listen, I was a Trubisky truther. Uh, back in the day for the Chicago Bears, I think they gave up on him too soon. He obviously was a backup for you. Uh, how many seasons? One or two? One year, one year, one year. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. It's so easy. Like making fun of Mr. Bisky is like such like low hanging fruit. Um, and I say that because you look at like, oh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Would have had him. Yeah, they both went to playoff ready teams already. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Trubisky never had a shot at, at uh, in Chicago. I think the coach that they hired was terrible. He didn't know how to use him. He questioned how they used him. He said, why aren't we running RPOs? I, I'm a fast quarterback. It is true. Wait till you see him in Pittsburgh. Why aren't they running RPOs? So I think this year we'll see what he is. I also think if you can't, succeed at quarterback with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, and Najee Harris in your backfield. Oh, and Pat Fryermuth as your booby, your blankie at tight end. Um, then you yeah. can't succeed at quarterback in the NFL. You're right. Uh, all right. At pick number 30, the New York Giants have returned here. They've made a trade. Uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to get Bradbury, the corner. I think we alluded to this maybe earlier in this. I think we did, yeah. Uh, and um, pick 251 and pick 259 
will go here. And the Giants have traded back in to get defensive end from Michigan, David Ojabo. All right. What do you think of Crazy Jared's moves here with the Giants? Um, he gave up too much, but I get it because Ojabo is maybe the goods. He probably, you know, like Jamison Williams, he's probably not playing this year. Um, so it's really just how he checks out medical as far as, you know, how high you are on him. Uh, but, you know, if he's healthy, he doesn't, he's more of like a mid to earlier first round guy, not here at pick uh, 30. Uh, he says it's filling a big hole. Uh, he saw the opportunity to address it. Uh, the chiefs have been rumored to be talking to the giants about Bradbury um, this whole off season. Uh, and so this is where they finally pulled the trigger on it. Uh, and since they had already drafted Derek Stingley earlier, the uh, it made the trade that much more palatable, so to speak. Um, listen, the Giants need help everywhere. They've yep. been terrible for a long time. Uh, I think whatever they can do to improve their team is in their best interest. <laughs> uh, at pick 31, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, I mean, it's not even quiet anymore. I mean, the Bengals are actually good. Uh, they are going to select defensive tackle from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. Uh, is this the best front guy in Georgia? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is my guy. If I had to pick one from Georgia, this would be my guy. Well, maybe Trayvon Walker. But this guy's at least a close second. I like him more than I like Jordan Davis. That's for sure. Hmm. What's your problem with Jordan Davis? I already told you. I think that once he gets in the NFL, he's getting money and he's got plenty of free time. He's not going to be a proper NFL player. I don't think that way with Devontae Wyatt. I think he is going to be great in a three-tech role. I think Cincy, that's a good spot for him specifically, you know, because they have big boys to play that one-tech role. Um, I think he's great. He's good at rushing the passer from the inside. And when they got, again, Cincinnati's got two good defensive ends. Uh, I think it gives them, you know, a multiple pronged attack to rush the passer. I like it. Uh, the Bengals clearly don't need any help at wide receiver. No. Tight end. They brought in Hayden Hurst. Uh, they had Drew, they've kept Drew Sample. Their offensive line, they added Ted Karras and Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins. Uh, their offensive line seems like that's pretty solid. Joe Mixon obviously remains with uh, Sam J. Perrine uh, right behind him. And of course, Captain America, Chris Evans, not far behind on the depth chart. Yeah, the Bengals here are going to compete in the AFC here for a little bit of time. I think Joe Burrow's the real deal. I think he's right up there with Josh Allen. Half set behind, but go on. Watch out for the, watch out for the Bengals. I think if they do have issues, it's their secondary. They could probably upgrade in that area. And there's a guy in the secondary still available that they could have drafted in this particular spot. Yep, he's up next, and actually fits their defense pretty well. All right, well, let's just get to it then. Thirty-two, the final pick in the first round, the Detroit Lions will select cornerback Trent McDuffie from Washington. I do think since the Lions did not take a quarterback that they're definitely going to go quarterback in this spot. Although a lot of quarterbacks have already been they got picked 34. They don't have to like they can. 
I suppose that's true. I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't it. foresee, I, if anything, this is definitely a spot. The Lions are not going to make this pick. They're trading out of it. They're going to get more draft capital. They have lots of needs everywhere. They need players taking a guy at this spot. That's a not, that's not a quarterback doesn't do them any good. Yeah. I do like Trent McDuffie, uh cornerback out of Washington. He does everything great. He has one fatal flaw. His arms are short as can be. Um, if you look at all of the uh, pro bowl uh, cornerbacks in the last 10 years, all of them have 31 inch arms or bigger, I believe is the threshold. You know, this cornerback is about 29 inch arms. So yeah, it's something to look at, especially if you're playing his own defense. Um, but everything else, Trent McDuffie hits those boxes. He is a good cornerback. That does it for our official mock draft. Now in mock draft one that we did, this was pre Eagle saints trade. The Detroit lions at 32 did end up getting Desmond Ritter at quarterback uh, with that 32nd pick. He won't uh, be there. And we start the second round in mock draft one, the Jaguars get wide receiver, Jahan Dotson, who we've mentioned is solid. Uh, I'm going to just try and go through some of these names that we haven't touched on. Travis Jones at 35 to the New York Jets, the defensive tackle from Connecticut. He's a guy that's got first, he's been mocked in first rounds. Um, yeah, I like Travis Jones. He's a monster. Uh, Leo Chanel, uh, linebacker from Wisconsin. He's a guy that's getting a lot of buzz around him uh, and maybe even some first round buzz. Uh, yeah. I'm saying maybe. I didn't say he yeah. would. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these other guys, I don't recognize the names. Isaiah Spiller, the first running back off the board at 40 to your Buffalo Bills. I like me some Isaiah Spiller. Uh, I do think the Bills are going to hit running back early. I don't I don't necessarily think it's at 25. Gosh, I hope it's not at 25. But I do think the Bills maybe trade up in the second round or – if they don't, they're taking either Spiller or Brees Hall. Uh, talk to me a little bit about running back, because even in this, that's the only running back taken in our mock draft. So when you look at running back, at least from the Bills perspective, we're looking for a running back who's going to uh, tell defenses, hey, if you're going to play seven deep, I'm going to destroy you, which is why I picked Isaiah Spiller. He's a better fit for what they do. Um, I think Brees Hall, I think he's good, but I don't necessarily know. I mean, he's more of a breakaway guy than Spiller is. Spiller's not like an above average athlete. Uh, Brees Hall is, but Spiller will make you pay. I think Brees Hall, um, although he's an above average athlete, he kind of has to be in the right spot. I don't think it's for the Bills. Hmm. But I like him in the second or third round. Listen, if Isaiah Spiller ends up being the top running back and he's taken by the Bills, I'm very disappointed uh, as I have a very strong need for a running back in our dynasty league. <laughs> and Isaiah Spiller isn't going to fill that need. Uh, Kenny Pickett gets drafted here at 41 by the Seattle Seahawks, so they finally do get a quarterback in the second round, and it's probably a better spot for him. You should also think of retiring because he's got small hands. Yeah. Yeah, duh. <laughs> uh, I mentioned uh, Sky Moore previously. He gets taken here at 42 by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, let's see here. Some other names of note. 
anybody here uh, stand out before I get to my team again? Well, let me see. Let me pull the first round up. Da, da, da. I think Arnold Abacetti is going to possibly go in the first round. He's picked by the, the by the Vikings. Uh, Tyler Smith, who was picked 49 by the Saints. I love him. He's so aggressive. Lewis Seen, uh, who was a safety, got picked by Kansas City at 50. I think he could become a first-round pick. I could see him getting picked by the Eagles, quite frankly. Uh, at 54, uh, the New England Patriots come back and get cornerback from Florida, Kier Elam, whom I've seen have first-round grades on, uh, which I think is fantastic value at that particular point. That's the kind of pick the New England Patriots like to make. Um, I like Jalen Tolbert uh, towards the end of that second round, uh, mm. pick 58. Um, and then I also really like Dylan Parnum uh, from Memphis by the box at pick 60. Really like him. He uh, was a uh, started off as a quarterback, then went to tight end, then went to offensive guard uh, as far as his progression. So he's super athletic. Uh, Chad Muma. The linebacker mm-hmm. from Wyoming goes at 63 to the Bengals. So the Bengals just getting better with each pick that they make. And the Denver Broncos, uh, I believe this would be their first pick of the draft at number 64, take tight end Trey McBride. Uh, mm-hmm. Tight end class uh, this year is not very highly sought after. Nope. Nope. A lot of third round guys. That's it, though. That does it for the super fan super mock draft. Uh, we've talked about the surprises. We've talked about the terrible picks. <laughs> we've talked about the good ones too. Uh, you know, I think when it comes down to it, this experiment has been, you know, it's been inspiring that think about all the other organizations, Rob, that now do uh mock drafts in this manner where they have multiple people stepping in as the general managers of, of those teams. Uh, We were the first to do it way back in the ESPN days on the football today podcast that no longer exists. And we did it with super fans. So uh, we should all pat ourselves on the back for that. Now the question is, will we be back for the 2023 super fan, super mock draft? That is a question I don't think we can answer because I don't know how much more gas is left in the tank. Uh, As I mentioned before, uh, I am like Rick Grimes coming in for the final episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, I'm just not available anymore to help out on the side of things. And as I mentioned, James did a wonderful job hosting all season, but we don't have a producer for the show moving forward and we're not going to pay anyone. So don't start reaching out to us. Saying, hey, I'll produce the show unless you can do it for free. And then, well, you can come and produce the show all you want. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, we're down to 16 super fans. We did at one point actually have all 32 teams yep. filled, uh, which was great. I mean, I still believe in this format. I still believe that you need to get as many different perspectives about a team. You can't just, 
if you're just out there listening to your team's content 100% of the time, you're not getting the full picture. You're getting jaded. You're getting only one perspective. Uh, and you need to have multiple perspectives to really take in and understand everything you need to about a particular story, especially when it comes to draft time, especially when it comes to your team's time. Because, you know, you'll have a guy like Rob who will put me in my place when I say the Patriots are going to go win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to say the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. but Yeah, you won't be saying that for a long time. But Crazy Jared, for instance, for the New York Giants, does believe he has a Super Bowl-worthy team. Uh, and the Giants clearly do not have a Super Bowl-worthy team. Uh, and that's the sort of perspective that we like to provide here at Next Fan Up. So my hope is that we're not going away, but the reality is you're not going to hear much from this podcast moving forward. Uh, and if you do, it'll be a rare miracle uh, that you do hear something. Um, and hopefully the things will change. Hopefully this shadowy figure behind the scenes will be able to figure something out and, uh, and, and make some things happen for this show. But uh you know, there's plenty of great places that I would recommend going to listen to podcasts from. I think Christopher Harris uh, does a great job, both on his podcast and on YouTube, sort of. And I know it's a fantasy spin, but he does it using the actual NFL. He does it. He, he analyzes players and positions from a fantasy perspective but does it through an NFL actual play lens. So if you're not into fantasy football, you'll still get a lot. You'll learn a lot, especially about watching film from Christopher Harris. So I highly recommend you check that out. I would recommend that you do check out the Locked On Podcast Network for individual teams. And frankly, the former scout, Matt Williamson, is the co-host on the Locked On NFL podcast. A hundred percent would recommend that you check out uh, the content that's being produced there because it's being produced by people like you uh, who are super fans that are dying for every little morsel of news that they can get about their team and want to share their thoughts on their teams as well. And, um, you know, there's other places you can watch the stuff on TV. I really don't like what's happened at the four letter network. I really think there's been a decline in the content there. I love watching good morning football on the NFL network. I think uh, they produce content in a manner that I would want to watch that I would produce content if I was producing it on a regular basis. And that's in a fun, lighthearted way, not taking the game uber seriously, but seriously enough that you're still getting uh, something out of it. Although annoyingly, they've been really focused on the New York teams. And that's just, that's just terrible. As Rob pointed out, they're not even New York teams. For New Jersey out. teams. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that was a long winded way of saying uh, goodbye, Rob. <laughs> goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Uh, so long. Thanks for all the fish. And, there you have it. And why does this guy want to know where I went to at the end of every show? Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, jeez. Oh.
Nice, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.